Welcome to the Residential Movement. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Maciejewski, a house call dentist with a lot of passion for dental home care. I'm here to encourage, equip, and empower dentists like you to begin offering dental services at the residences of patients who are best served at home. Listen in as we talk dentistry, business, ethics, mindset, and more, and learn how you can become a part of the residential movement. Hello there. You're about to hear a conversation between myself and a friend of mine, a fellow house call dentist. She's amazing, always thinking out of the box, so I definitely wanted all of you to hear from her. You'll notice that our mobile practices are very different and accomplish very different missions. My aim is to offer dental services in the homes of patients who are best served at home. Still, there are other needs at home, like preventing DIY cosmetic dentistry. Ultimately, I think that you should learn as much as possible about all of the dentists out there offering their house call services. You deserve all of the information about house call dentistry so that you can thoughtfully decide which type of dentistry you feel called to do. I also want you to be able to access house call dentists who are willing to be mentors to you. Okay, so let me get out of your way so that you can listen and learn from my awesome colleague, Dr. Tatum Miles. Hey, everybody. We're here with a special guest today, Dr. Tatum Miles. She's another mobile dentist who offers different services than accommodental services. So I definitely wanted her to to meet all of you. And we're going to talk about her mobile practice called Brighter Smiles. Dr. Tatum, can you introduce yourself to everybody? Hi, yes. Hi, everybody. I am Dr. Tatum Miles, uh, founder of Brighter Smiles from Detroit, Michigan, Got started with mobile dentistry kind of actually early back in dental school. I fell in love with it. Uh, did a little practicing in California um, on the mobile bus there. So I decided to kind of open up my own fun twist on it to kind of do on the side in addition to the locum work that I do now. Um, so, yeah, been practicing for about five years now. Very cool. Well, I think we have a lot to learn from you. So tell us back in dental school, you said you got excited about mobile dentistry. What was your exposure to it then? Um, Yeah. So actually we had a rotation during my third and fourth year where we had to do about a week on um, our dental van. So we had like an RV gutted out different, um, about two ops on there. So we would go to different schools and provide mobile dentistry for the kids there. So elementary school and high school. So part of it, we would actually be on the bus. And then the other half, we would set up in the school. So in the gymnasium, kids would come down, we would do exams, cleaning, simple extractions, fillings, and things of that nature. So your exposure to mobile dentistry began in a van unit of dentistry, um, like a mobile van with a motor. And now what you're doing today is a little bit different, right? That is correct. So now I actually go to the patient. Um, I offer my services in that way. So I do removable grills and teeth whitening. So something fun, not really invasive, but just the ability to get to the patient makes it a lot easier, just limited access. And people like that idea of not necessarily needing to leave home to come see me. Um, and just, you know, something fun and cosmetic, easy stuff. That is very fun. Now, how did you get that idea? That sounds like so much fun. Honestly, it was because my own personal love for uh, grills. So when I was younger, I was just always kind of into the culture of it. And then I actually relocated and moved down to Houston, where that's kind of more of the culture. You see a lot more grills and things of that nature in the South. So that's kind of where I got the feel for the idea because I wanted one of my own personally, but I know a lot of jewelers to do them. So that for me as a dentist kind of raised like a red flag. And I'm like, well, jewelers really don't know a lot about dentistry other than making the grills. So a lot of times you never know if somebody has a more severe problem like periodontal disease. They could have decay, things of that nature, but they're getting work done that by someone who doesn't really know about the oral cavity and things of that nature and oral disease. So that's where I kind of saw a gap. And that's what kind of made me say, hey, 
let me at least be the oversight to where if you do get something done like this, although it's fun, at least make sure you're healthy enough to actually get this. And this is, you know, something that you should get or could get. That's a really good point. That's awesome because cosmetic treatment like that, you know, it's really nice. It can be done with the supervision of a dentist. Exactly. You mentioned earlier when you were introducing yourself, you do this in addition to the locums work you're doing now. So talk to us about how mobile dentistry fits into your career. So the perfect thing about it is I'm able to take it wherever I am. Um, It's not like a high overhead or things of that nature. So for example, I just, I've been in Michigan probably from April off and on up until uh, actually next month, I'll be going back. I'm currently in Houston for a couple of weeks and that's the best thing about it. So I'm able to kind of ship my things to a different state. And if I have a bunch of clients and patients there, I can actually service them there. So for example, just before I left, I had two people who wanted grills done. That was perfectly fine for me because with my locum assignment, I work Monday through Thursday. So I can accommodate those people and those patients on my off days. So technically Friday or even Saturday or Sunday. And I'm only taking an impression. So it takes all of what, 30 minutes to go in quickly, take a quick scan of the oral cavity, make sure nothing major is going on, take the impression, know that it's a good solid impression, that it won't come back with any issues and get it sent out. That is great. So what you're doing is honestly so flexible. The benefit of having a mobile practice is that you're not married to one location and you're obviously taking it full advantage. Exactly. And I make sure I'm actually licensed in the places because technically you don't have to have a dental license to do certain things. But obviously as a dental professional, you want to protect your integrity and the things and make sure that you're doing everything by the books in the correct way. So I am licensed in Michigan, California, and Texas, soon to be New York as well. So those are places where Um, I don't have a problem going and servicing if I'm in the area. It's super quick and easy, you know, with the right impression materials. You got it cased up nicely. I can easily just kind of overnight it and things can get done quick. That is wonderful. Now, you know that the listeners of this podcast are listening because they're curious about house call dentistry or mobile dentistry. But now that we're talking about locums, um, tell our listeners more about locums if they don't know anything about it. So with locum, um, basically it is like temporary assignments. So if, for example, say there's a doctor that went on maternity leave or they're out on vacation and they know in advance that they're going to have a void, but they still want their patients to be seen. Um, Locum opportunities are a way to set, um, go in and fill those voids, fill those positions and for a temporary period of time. So it could be short term, it could be a day, it could be a week, it could be six months, even a year. There are some assignments that they may know off rip, we need somebody for 18 months. So if you have a flexible schedule or you don't have anything set, you're not really sure, you're bouncing around, you're in between jobs, or you're just not sure what realm of dentistry you want to go into, locum is a great opportunity. Um, You work with the staffing company typically and they kind of do a lot of the connection between you and the client, whether that's a DSO, whether that's private practice, kind of just depends um, on the setting and what that particular client needs and what position they have available and open. And then, you know, it's a lot of negotiation in between. They may just look at your resume and say, okay, this person qualifies for what we're looking for. And then it pretty much is kind of how it goes. Um, so a lot of different opportunities can come. You can decide, hey, I don't I may not want to take the full six months. I may want to do three months and see how it goes. That's a possibility. You may only commit to um, a month. So it's a lot of flexibility within and wiggle room. You may only want to work three days a week. They may be looking for somebody for five, but they also may supplement with someone else for those other two. So it's a lot of negotiation that you can do to kind of make it work for your schedule. So I like it. It works for me. 
Well, thanks for explaining that. Yeah, when I'm talking to younger dentists, newer dentists, or even dentists who are retiring, I like to talk about, you know, the house calls are an opportunity, but a lot of people don't want to do them full time or they don't want to do them every day. And your story is a perfect example of how you can do at-home dentistry just in coordination with another job. So thanks for explaining that. Yeah, no problem. So on your website, I noticed you were talking about DIY dentistry or how we want to avoid people having to do DIY dentistry. Your services, obviously, you're able to be a doctor who supervises some some cosmetic work. Have you seen any horror stories before? Horror stories? Have I heard? Well, yeah. I mean, I've heard a lot of uh, like basement braces um, where people are going to people's, yeah, people are going to people's homes and people are not certified and say, for example, they may have had a history of being an assistant in an orthodontic office and they may be familiar with the instruments and tools, but they're not really quite in tune with the wire bending, for example. So people may have, like I said, active periodontal disease and they go get these braces put on in people's basements by people who apparently are, are promoting that they know what they're doing and they end up in way worse shape than when they got there. And so people end up losing teeth. So I have heard horror stories like that. Um, yeah, so that's always not a good thing. No, well, good thing you're on the ground trying to, to prevent those. Absolutely. So- With you being such a jet setter and a flexible dentist with your locums assignments and this mobile dental practice, where are you able to find most of your patients if you're on the road? Um, Honestly, social media has been um, really great with doing that. So I'll make like a reel. And to be honest, a lot of it is um, word of mouth. You know, the the grills themselves kind of catch the eye. So the naturally the first thing is that someone will look and say, oh, hey, who did that? Or what did you get that? And even like I said, myself, I have a grill. So if I'm out and about and I just kind of use it as an accessory. So if I'm going out and I treat it just like that, it's just like jewelry. So a lot of people will say, hey, um, you got a grill. And I'm like, yeah, they're like, who did it? I'm like me. They're like, really? So I'm like, yeah, follow me. So that's kind of how I go about it, too. And then, you know, people who already have, have grills for me, if someone sees them in passing, they ask, you know, they get recommended. They may reach out to me via social media or email me and things of that nature. So that's how I get a lot of um, clients and patients. You have the best marketing opportunity right there because you have a stamp on somebody's smile, like something so remarkable that anybody would notice right away. It's an instant conversation starter. And yeah, I bet that that's a great way to get new patients and clients. Absolutely. Uh, It happened to me the other night. I was out and about just casually with a friend and I had mine in and literally the, um, the waiter was like, oh, you do grill or no, you have a grill in it. I said, yeah. I was like, oh, do you want one? He was like, yeah, I do. And I was like, I actually do them. He was like, really? I was like, yeah, follow me. So he followed me on social media. So at that point, um, you know, it's just a matter of a conversation and a connection and going from there. I'll admit, I don't have a lot of experience doing dental jewelry. Where did you learn this skill? Honestly, it's super easy. A lot of it is just simply lab work. Um, I don't personally, personally have to do it. Um, it's just a matter of having the oversight, making sure there's a good quality impression, because we, as we both know, just because you take an impression doesn't mean that it's a good impression. You didn't capture everything that's needed. And if it's not captured correctly, then you can start having issues with the actual prosthesis itself. So you just want to make sure that it's a good, clean impression. Um, and then you leave the rest of the work to the professionals that do it. Um, but, you know, it's obviously it's a lot of just wax carving and casting. That's really what it is. But If you don't have that equipment on hand, it's always easy to just outsource that part. You have really found a way to make dentistry a part of your lifestyle and to do dentistry on your terms. What motivated you thinking outside the box in the first place? When did you think you might not have the most traditional dental career? 
Uh, actually, it was COVID that brought that about. Um, the pandemic changed a lot of things, as we all know. We're still kind of dealing with it and going through it, although we're on the tail end. It was actually COVID that made things change for me. Um, I decided to relocate from California to Houston. And then at that period of time, everything was shut down and I had to decide what did I want to do? Did I want to go back into traditional practice? What did that look like for me? Did I want to go back into community health? Did I want to go private practice? Or altogether, I actually switched gears for a moment for about two years and I got into uh, financial education, education and literacy and promoting that. So I had to make the determination of how do I make dentistry fit in a way that's going to make me happy. So I love traveling and I said, okay, how can I combine and marry the two that'll make me extremely happy and still lucrative and I still get to kind of have control and autonomy. And it worked out perfect that locum was something I was kind of always interested in in the back of my mind, but then it became more uh, in the forefront when I kind of looked at what I wanted my life to look like moving forward. I think it's so wise that you first prioritize your happiness and decided like, I'm going to be happy and then fit in work around that exactly. instead of the opposite way. Right. So yeah, that's uh, something important that people need to do in any career, but dentistry included. So Dr. Tatum, do me a favor and share one last thing that you want our residential listeners to know. Uh, I just want them to know that basically you can make dentistry fun. Uh, dentistry does not have to be something that stresses you out or just daunting nine to five Monday through Friday. Times are evolving, times are changing, and it's okay for you to change and pivot into the direction that serves you best. So don't be afraid to kind of step out on faith and do something a little different, even though that's not what most people are doing, um, because you'll find a lot of people who want to do things differently, but they're just not sure how to go about it. So I would say, you know, always test the waters. And there are actually other opportunities, such as um, I'm not affiliated with like cloud dentistry or anything, but for example, you can utilize something where you may go to an office one time a week or fill in or just kind of figure out what works for you. If you like nine to five, it's absolutely nothing wrong with that in a traditional setting. Perfect. Go for it. But if you want to mix and add in some house calls, do that, too. So that's the main thing that I would say is find out what works for you and know that there are other opportunities, other ways to practice, whether that's chair side, whether that's with an insurance company, whether it's just. Uh, dental radiography, things of that nature. So just make sure that you're doing what you want and enjoy what you're doing. Well, thank you so much for joining me here today. I really appreciate your time and I'm positive that the listeners are going to love everything you had to say. You're a wonderful guest. So thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Dr. Tatum, how can our listeners get in touch with you today after this? A couple of ways you can reach out to me. If you are on IG, you can message me at, at the Pivot Queen. That's my personal IG. And then my business is at Brighter Smiles PLLC. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. I'll be sure we put it in the show notes. That's a wrap on this episode of The Residential Movement. If you liked what you heard today, subscribe to stay updated and leave me a review. If you know someone who could benefit from this info, please share this with them. All of these actions help fuel the residential movement. Thanks again for listening, Doc. Keep up the good work.